Welcome to Black Talk Radio, hosted by Kristen Ayana. Listen as we discuss the latest in Black culture, Black news, and Black entertainment. This is the Black Talk Radio interview with Heather Haynes. Um, so thank you so much for being here. First things first, just, you know, tell us where are you from and what made you start getting into design as well as the entertainment industry? Yes. Well, thanks for having me, Kristen. Uh, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, and getting into design, I mean, I grew up always loving fashion, I would say. Um, My mother and my grandmother are my biggest fashion inspirations. I always went to the mall every Saturday. It was like my family tradition. Um, and they were very particular about my presentation as a kid. Like I couldn't lose my barrettes and my hair. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure my uniform was ironed and all of the things. And I also think because I went to private school like all my life and we had to wear uniforms. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, I put a lot of effort into my weekend outfits and what I wore um, when I didn't have to wear a school uniform, you know? So I think my love for, for fashion definitely was inspired by my upbringing and looking at excellent fashion role models like my mother and my grandmother, I would say. Okay, okay, dope. I love that. Yeah, that's also like something similar. Like my grandma uh, used to love going to the mall and my mom too. So I can definitely relate to that for sure, for sure. And as far as like entertainment, um, I, you know, did my research and I saw that you went to Clark Atlanta and you studied like media. So what, you know, what made you decide like that's the route you wanted to go in? Yeah, I can go back to my mother and grandmother again, because growing up in my grandmother's house, she subscribed to every fashion magazine, like literally to this day, she still gets Vogue subscriptions and Cosmopolitan and Essence and Jet and all of the things. And Mm -hmm. so I grew up in a very entertainment household um, from magazines to TV. It was always on. I have a lot of cousins. We always used to hang out together and watch TV, I would say. So I was always inspired to like either work in TV or work at a magazine, be in a magazine, all of the things, right? And I was never told that that wasn't possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know anyone that was on TV or or that worked at a magazine or that was even in the magazine, but I was never told by my parents that I couldn't do that. So I always kind of like, um, works my way towards that dream. When I was in middle school, actually, I was on the Disney Channel, and that alone inspired me to be like, "Yo, like I need to do this full time." So, like, I used to go to modeling school. My parents took me to auditions, but but granted, auditions in New Orleans is not like going to auditions in like New York, LA. You know what I'm saying? But right, right, local, right. Local auditions, um, and then I was on the Disney Channel um, because of a neighbor who was my friend at the time, Disney used to have a show called Z Games. I feel like you're not a millennial. You probably never heard of the show, but it's a show called Z Games. And at the time she basically applied for the show and I was on it. And then I was like the talk of the town in middle school or whatever. But that was like my first taste in entertainment. And then from there, I just always did theater and music and all the fashion shows in school. And I was just, it was just always a part of my culture. You know what I'm saying? So 
when I got to college, I went into college knowing that I wanted to pursue radio, TV, and film. I knew that Clark Atlanta University had a great communications program. Mm -hmm. I knew they had a lot of TV networks in Atlanta, you know, so that was a strategy behind why why I wanted to go to that university. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the fashion angle, I was a fashion minor when I went to Clark, and I quickly... Mm -hmm. I quickly decided to not have a minor after my freshman year. So it was just so much of work. And I just decided to just show up and be like a fashionable student without having to pursue mm. fashion career. But I was heavily involved in like the fashion shows on campus, which is like a big deal at HBCUs, right. you know, so it was always just a part of me for sure. I love that. And I really, you know, love that your your parents and your family, they they saw those interests and they poured into you, right? Because I think that's super duper important for, you know, for you just to have people around them that's supporting them. And I love that you mentioned like you knew like, okay, this is what I wanted to do. Yes, I don't maybe know anyone who is in that field, but like my eye is on the prize and I'm going to get yeah. there and I'm going to do it. So I think that's very admirable for sure. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, this is before social media was a thing, you know what I'm saying? So it was hard to, it, it wasn't like people now are very accessible. You can DM someone now and like get their contact or hope that they respond. But back in the eighties and nineties, like that wasn't a thing. So it was all just a dream, you know? So I am really fortunate to have parents that believed in it in a sense. So even like, you know, if I wanted to go to some audition or I was in every theater play in elementary school, they always supported me and took me to rehearsal, rehearsals and took me to practice and helped me with my lines and things like that. So it is a blessing to say that I definitely had my family support for sure. Right, right, right. So now I want to get into your Clark Ellen and Nike Dunks. How does it feel? Like, that's so, like, that I love sneakers. So... <laughs> that's like that's hard like for real <laughs> like I, I really got to give you props for that so I just want to know like tell us about the process of that how did it come about you really got in your your fashion bag with this one so yes I feel like my dreams of being like the fashion girl but never like <laughs> as I got older I kind of just been like you know it's whatever like I dress cute but all the damn girls dress cute so it's just like you know, it wasn't really like a thing, but it was a thing. Um, so when the Clark Atlanta Dunk opportunity came, it kind of was me saying to myself, like all those years of one, being creative and two, like heavy into fashion, but not boasting and bragging about it. Mm -hmm. It like finally pays off in a sense. It's been such a remarkable response hearing from students and alumni mm -hmm. and not even just people in general who think the design is fire or the opportunity is fire. I got so much love and it's it's still happening and it just feels like it feels overwhelming but also really great and really like humbling I would say um the design process itself was so easy like I feel like everyone asked me like how was the design process and honestly it was so easy so I feel like I was born to do this like when and I like sneakers like it's different if I didn't like sneakers right like I like sneakers I've been collecting sneakers and on Nike they have Nike ID so I already like played around with designing my own sneakers on Nike ID you know so it's kind of like when I got the opportunity to really design one for real 
I went into it knowing what I could and could not change, knowing kind of like the details. And it was fun. Like it was me, my husband, and one of his friends in a house. And we were just at the computer. I had crayons and a printout of a dunk silhouette. And I was just going to town sketching. And it really like made me think back to my childhood when I used to just be sketching all over the place, you know? So it, it was a full circle moment, but the design process itself, I thought was fun more than anything. Yeah, I love that. Um, you, I mean, you mentioned like you've been getting a lot of positive feedback from like alum and like students that go to Clark Atlanta now. Who would you say is someone that, you know, either reached out to you or, you know, made a comment about the dunks that you were like, whoa, like it was like a shocker? Um, honestly, no one that was shocking. I will say, um, someone that's notable that he hasn't received the shoes yet, but he will get them eventually that I'm excited for him to receive is DJ Clark Kent. DJ oh. Clark Kent is known to be the sneakerhead of all sneakerheads, you know what I'm saying? Legendary DJ, um, co-signer of Jay-Z. So mm -hmm. I feel like We've worked together in the past on a sneaker show um, called Quick Strike, and that's where I met him, and mm -hmm. we formed a relationship, and we've stayed in contact over the years, and watching him and, like, his social media, he always, like, co-signs the sneakers that he liked, mm -hmm. and so I hit him to tell him that I had my own sneaker coming out, and he was genuinely just so proud, you know, because uh -huh. he's witnessed the journey from me being a PA working on sneaker shows and developing sneaker shows to me um, progressing to become a senior producer director, you know what I'm saying? Right, to right. now being a global marketer. Like he's seen me over the past, what, 13 years grow and he knows my passion for sneakers. So I think to have his co-sign as one of like the leaders of the sneaker community is dope. So I can't wait till he gets the shoe. Oh, I love that. That's really good. Oh, I'm excited. I, I want to see his like review and stuff. Me that's too. Cool. I'm like, it's going to go crazy because like, that's a real like sneakerhead connection that I have. So <laughs> once he gets the shoe, I feel like the shoe will get more notoriety because it's like, oh, DJ Clark Kent is coming on her shoe, you know? So, right, yeah. right, right. I, I, I got you. I got you. So now I want to uh, dive into, you know, just your experience at Clark Atlanta and, you know, you graduating from an HBCU, how would you say that has affected you and just who you are thus far? Yes. I mean, honestly, uh, I made the best decision with picking Clark Atlanta University. I will say, mm -hmm. like, I went to college at a very interesting time. It was right after Hurricane Katrina. And so I had so much excitement around, prior to Katrina, I had so much excitement around college in general but mm -hmm. after Katrina my energy about life in general was just kind of like I'm taking it one day at a time I'm not about to apply to no college I'll figure it out etc mm -hmm. and then I was motivated to apply to one school and I remember when I went to visit Clark my junior year of high school mm -hmm. um Clark stood out because it was just lit on campus like we went during the best time like if anyone in high school is going to visit HBCUs they should probably go around homecoming or around when I was there, it was like something called Market Thursdays where everyone's uh -huh. on campus outside being cute. Vendors are selling things. There's a DJ. The campus was just really, really popping. And I thought to myself, it's a popping campus. It has Spelman and Morehouse right next door and mm -hmm. it's close to home. Like I can get to New Orleans really quickly, you know? So that was my reasoning behind selecting Clark. Mm -hmm. 
And then once I got there, it was my first time kind of like New Orleans is a small city. So it's my first time being surrounded by so many black people all from different parts mm -hmm. of the country that I've never like, I never really seen like, you know, the, the Cali accent, the Cali swag, the New York accent, the New Orleans, the New York swag, like Chicago. It was just so, um, so beautiful, but also very dynamic and very unique. And I think to have us all together is an experience like no other. Um, and it also got me a husband out of it. You know what I'm saying? I met my husband at Clark Atlanta. Okay. University, Love right? like, I met lifelong friends who I'm still connected with to this day. So it really, um, Clark Atlanta University definitely added a lot of value to my life for sure. And that's amazing. That's dope. I love that for real. Like that, that's amazing. I love that you really got something out of it and you know, you're still have, cre you created really amazing bonds and with people that you're still close with today. So that's, can't go wrong. I think that's something that a lot of people should get when they go out of, co go out of college. So yeah, now, people always say, and also just people always say like, because I paid like for college, like I didn't have a scholarship to Clark and I had some scholarships to some PWIs and I wind up not taking those scholarships to go to mm -hmm. a private HBCU. And people sometimes ask me, do I regret that? And I say, do I regret like spending so much money on college and being in student loan debt? I don't regret it. I wish I would have had more education on mm. trying to get like scholarships and grants while I was in school, but I didn't right. at the time. But also I think the relationships that I've gained from HBCU outweighs the debt from the student loan. So that's my general takeaway for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some experiences in life is like one in a million, you know? Priceless. So for Priceless. sure. <laughs> so now I want to get into talking about, you know, you producing and creating VH1's Growing Up Blacks series. Um, I watched a couple of episodes and I really enjoy it. So I just want to know, like, what was the importance of you creating that? And then just talk to us a little bit about the process. Yes, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm curious to know what was your favorite episode that you watched. Or I like was your the Atlanta, Atlanta episode. Atlanta? Yeah. <laughs> I like Atlanta too. Atlanta. Um, Atlanta was dope. Atlanta was an interesting one. We I was in Atlanta for like 14 days. But um, I would say it is, I feel like my claim to fame for real, because I put so much hard work into that series. Mm -hmm. And it was literally just me and my production manager, Vernon. Like we put our heads together. We're in the pandemic. Everything was done on video conference, trying to cast it and figure out the stories and making sure that we represent each city in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. um, the ideation of it came in the Black Lives Matter movement in the middle of the pandemic. You know, everyone was at home trying to still work, but also try to figure out how mm -hmm. to show up and be intentional about the work that we're doing. And so I pitched to my company at the time to let's talk to people in the streets, right? Like, Mm -hmm. The idea that they wanted me to do is um, a roundtable with journalists. And I was kind of bored by that idea. And so I challenged them and, and said, how about we talk to people in the street about what's really going on outside in the world? How, yeah. does it, how does it really feel to be Black in America? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? From like an everyday person's um, perspective. And so they were like, okay. 
you can go shoot a pilot episode, which was in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. I was in New Orleans at the time, quarantine. And I was just like, bet. I called a, a director friend of mine who mm-hmm. is super popping now. He has his own documentary out on HBO. But okay. I called him up and was like, yo, we got a camera. Let's go interview some people about what it's like growing up Black in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And he was like, cool, let's do it. He helped me cast it. I put my dad in it. I put some notable New Orleans people in it. Um, and I think the first one, when I submitted it for like approval internally, mm-hmm. the reception was very much like amazing. People were kind of shocked. They were just like, you shot this in a pandemic. This looks beautiful. It feels authentic. It feels like a love letter to your hometown, which it indeed was. And from there, the first pilot episode was so amazingly received mm-hmm. that it got greenlit to be a full six episode series. And then I started traveling all over the United States um, casting it all on my own and, you know, helping to tell the authentic story of what it's like growing up Black, which is a tall thing to do, but I tried my best to have a bit of variety in it. Mm-hmm. And even with the ages of people I was casting, to get, you can get different perspectives for sure. No, that's amazing. And it's really, a, really an amazing body of work. So shout out to you for that. Thank what you. would you say is like, you know, a big takeaway or something that you learned from traveling to these different places and, you know, interacting with the different Black people that live there? Honestly, it made me want to keep going. Like, everyone's like, will it be a season two? Like, even in the YouTube comments, people are like, this is so dope. This should keep going. We should need more. It made me want to keep going. It made me want to travel the world um, just to hear from other people. It made me realize that everyone's story is, in, like, important, which I already knew that, but giving people... Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, I would say, in the on the on the backside of it, it was a lot of um back and forth in politics about who I was putting in the videos mm-hmm. and should we put celebrities in it or should we talk to like everyday people who are mm-hmm. working in whatever fields? And I had to fight for some of the people that I chose because they're not celebrities. They didn't have mm-hmm. a social following, but I wanted to be super intentional behind that because everyone's story is important, you know. Right. And I learned even more so like while making a series that like everyone's story is important and people will find it interesting you know I think people are scared to take a risk and just put a camera on someone who you might not think has a story to tell you might not might you might not know if the audience is interested in it Mm -hmm. but indeed they are like it's education so I feel like I was educated I was educated on people's journeys I was educated on people's professions I built a huge network from all of these cities that I went to, which was also a big takeaway. Now I have production crews in all of these cities. I have people I can reach out to in all of these cities for whatever. So I think the story is much bigger than just mm-hmm. the videos that came out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like building community, I feel like is the biggest takeaway with that project. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that. And I, I love that you mentioned, you know, you had to fight for some for certain people to be, you know, in this series, which brings me to my next question. Um, can you share with us a bit about just your experience with being a black woman in entertainment? Cause yeah. if you know, you know. I just feel like that is such a open-ended question, but, um, Honestly, I do think Black women in production and entertainment, we have to go above and beyond, you know, 
it's it's part of the game unfortunately right. but i do think um it's a journey mm-hmm. um but it's it's possible and it is important that we continue the journey to be properly represented mm-hmm. um i feel like i am what 12 years in a little more than 12 years in and it hasn't been easy at all, but I think it made me build a lot of character. It made me who I am. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, I'm still learning. I still have so much more to go. and so much more to go and grow, I will say. But everyone's journey is unique. I'm going to just keep it like that. Like everyone's journey is unique. I don't think there's no right or wrong way to kind of excel in your career in entertainment right. as a Black woman. I think we all got to find a way to make one. Shout out to Clark Atlanta University. And it may look different from a lot of people. Like now, when I came up, you had to intern for free. It was very much like work for Diddy, intern for free. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing. I interned for major companies for free. I didn't get paid a drop of a dime. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought was okay. I thought that's what I had to do at the time in order to get a job, you know? I think now it's changed. Like now interns get paid. Now I think a lot of the younger generation feels a little bit entitled to things that they believe they should have. And mm-hmm. who am I to say that they shouldn't feel that way? Like, <laughs> get it how you live. If you feel like you should be getting X amount of money for your work, more power to you. I hope that you get that. So it, it's going to always evolve as the times evolve. But my journey, I think, was a hard one, but it all is paying off in due time. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. I figured it out. And I like I had a lot of side jobs and I really was like mm. the ultimate hustler for real. But you got to have it in you. You got to have, if you really want it, you'll figure it out. And I feel like if you don't want it, you, you won't be on black talk radio like us, you know what I'm saying? So (laughs) the grind, the grind is real. Yeah. The grind is definitely real. I love that you said, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. I think that's something that's super important. And also I think like just being patient, right. I think like when it's your time, it's, it will be your time. Yes. Dedication plus patience, 100%. Yes. So my final question for you, if you could leave, (laughs) if you could leave, you know, your supporters and just people that look up to you with one thing to remember about you, what would it be and why? I would say if you can remember one thing about homegirl Heather is that she is very approachable and she's always authentically herself in any and every room that she goes into, whether that's the Grammys, the Mm -hmm. Oscars, Walmart, Target, (laughs) whatever, I'm going to always be me. And, you know, I say that because I've seen people code switch. I've seen friends, Mm -hmm. you know, put on facades around certain people or or in certain companies. And I'm not saying that do your thing to each his own, but that's not who I am. You know, it's kind of like, I don't have all the answers. I tell you that much. But what I do know is that I will always be authentically myself. So if anyone can remember anything about me is that she's authentically herself and that has gotten her to where she is. Thus far, and that's who I'm gonna always be, you know. 
Awesome. I love it. I just want to thank you so much for chatting with me. This was super duper dope. And of course, you know, I'm wishing you nothing but the best and success. And I can't wait to see what else you got up your sleeve. Thank you so much, Kristen. This was so dope having this 